Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Thursday, December the 1st, 2022. It is currently 9.04 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Are you ready? I need you to put your thinking caps on. What do you think was the Bible verse of the year? I mean, it's December the 1st. This is when everyone starts putting out their best of the year list, right? This is that time of the year where you look back and the best movies of the year, best TV shows of the year, best books, best this, best best everything of 2022, all of the lists start coming out. So what was the most important Bible verse of the year? What was the, the, the Bible verse of the year? I don't know if we can call it the most important Bible verse of the year. That's probably a wrong way to describe it, but the Bible verse of the year, what do you think it was? You may have already seen the news, but it's there. It's out there. What do you think the Bible verse of the year was? Are you ready? The Bible verse of the year. I got it right here in my Bible. Is Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Isaiah 41.10, fear thou not, for I am with thee, Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Isaiah 41.10 is the Bible verse of the year for 2022. Now, what do you think about that? What do you think about that? Why am I turning on the microphone to even talk about it? Well, one, it's a news story, okay? I have it right here. YouVersion, the YouVersion Bible app. We are on the YouVersion Bible app. You can look up Theology Central and make us your quote-unquote church of choice. Uh, and we we typically, not always, I forget sometimes, in the events section of the YouVersion Bible app, when we're live on the air, we send out a, a, an event thing there. We, po- we post an event listing that we're live on the air and people can literally listen to us live basically from the YouVersion Bible app. So it's a really cool thing. We've been really trying to utilize it. They have a, a thing now called YouVersion for churches, and we've been trying to just navigate it and see what things they're offering and trying to make the most of it. So I have the YouVersion Bible app on my phone, um, and oh, well, not necessarily my phone. I don't use a phone. My iPad. I do have a phone, but I never use it. But uh, my iPad, the U version Bible app. Do you use it? Well, according to them, the Bible verse of the year is Isaiah forty one ten. Here is the news story. U version, the U version Bible app, names twenty twenty two Bible verse of the year as use in Ukraine skyrockets. That's interesting. All of a sudden in Ukraine, everyone is using, it appears, a use of the YouVersion Bible app has increased dramatically. 
that's that's interesting. Once again, demonstrating a lot of times when everything in this world begins to explode around you, when all of your security, all of your luxury, entertainment, when everything around you begins to literally explode, falls apart, is on fire, and is being destroyed around you, and you're not, and you you have great doubts about your tomorrow. Well, then the the material, the importance of the material things around you diminishes and that which is eternal or spiritual begins to increase in their importance. And that's just that's just a, a reality in life that we all struggle with. When we're in times of peace, we're in times of, of every, everything is going wonderful and great. We have wealth, we have prosperity, we have health, we have material materialistic wealth. When everything is going great, the spiritual, in many cases, is diminished. We, 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 we focus on all of the material things. We focus on all of our blessings. We, we pursue it. We, we, we enjoy it. We love it. No matter, no matter what we want to claim, we do. But when all of that basically becomes like sand in our hand, just pouring through our fingers, all of a sudden we're like, okay, wait, I have nothing to cling to. I have not. And then we turn to that which is spiritual. I think, I think there's, that's just a very important reality and it's something to consider. But let's, let's look at the story itself. The popular YouVersion Bible app operated by Life Church has named Isaiah 41.10 as the most referenced verse of the year amid a sharp increase in engagement with its Ukrainian language Bible amid the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Now, one of the things I absolutely love about the times in which we live is someone with a phone can access the Bible in their own language. That is absolutely awesome, absolutely wonderful, and that's just a great thing about the times in which we live. This week, the Multi-Campus Life Church released the results of its most recent analysis of top data trends on the YouVersion app. There was sharp rise in Ukrainian language Bible engagement across Europe from 2021 to 2022, as many Ukrainians have taken refuge in European countries. So in some cases, these are uh, Ukrainians who have fled to other countries, but again, their life has been turned upside down. All of the, whatever they had around them is gone. There's uncertainty and they're turning to the word of God. That is, that is, that is a good thing. The YouVersion Bible app offers over 2,000 versions of the Bible and 1,868 unique languages for free. The application has installed over 500 million devices worldwide. You see why we wanted to get uh, do everything we could on the YouVersion Bible app? See why, why we wanted to get a presence there? It's used in over, it's, it's installed in over 500 million devices. When you've got an app that's on 500 million devices and you're a theology podcast, you want to do everything you can to take advantage of that, okay, uh, including smartphones and tablets. This year, the verse that people in, in Ukraine engage with the most is also the same verse that the global YouVersion community shared, bookmarked, and highlighted the most, a statement from the church reads, Isaiah 41.10 which preaches about God's divine protection says, so do not fear for I'm with you. Do not be dismayed for I'm your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 
Isaiah 41.10 was the most popular verse bookmarked and shared in over a dozen countries. Ukrainian Bible engagement has increased in Poland by 241% and Germany by 733% for 2022. Bible engagement rose 55% this year in Ukraine while also rising by 76% across Europe. The Russian invasion of neighboring Ukraine began in February. According to Life Church, version searches in the Ukrainian language nearly doubled at the beginning of the war uh, compared to the previous month, with trending search terms including war, fear, and anxiety. But as time passed, the top search term in Ukrainian uh, became love. That's interesting. The founder and CEO of Uversion and a pastor at Life Church doesn't find it surprising that Ukrainians would turn to God's word when facing the harsh realities of war. Uh, these families are going through something most of us can't imagine in the middle of what's likely the most difficult time of their lives. They're turning to the Bible for comfort, peace, and hope, he said in a statement. Now, let me stop right here. All right, first, I think there's a, a very powerful just reminder that so many times when things are good, when we have wealth, when we have health, when we have prosperity, when we have peace, peace, what tends to happen to us is these things become a distraction to the things of God. In other words, when there is health, there's wealth, there's prosperity, and there's peace, and there's all of these things, we have a tendency to see that, feel comfort, and pursue it, and be distracted by it, and the spiritual becomes ignored. But when all of that blows up, literally just is gone, then all we have left, when we have no health, wealth, prosperity, and peace to grab onto, then we have a tendency to look to the eternal. And so it's a constant reminder to us to not allow all of the blessings in life to become a distraction to the spiritual. When things are good in your life, that should be wonderful. That That's great. Um, by all means, it, it, you shouldn't feel guilty about it. Praise God for it. But uh, allow all of that wonderful stuff that you have to be a reminder of God's mercy and grace and let it drive you to him, not keep you from him, but it almost always has that impact. So so I think that's, that's this is a good reminder of that. But number two, I think this is a good reminder of this. Whenever you turn on the news and you see something going on in Ukraine, you see something going on in Syria, it doesn't matter the country. When you see trial, you see trouble, you see pain, so many times we look at it in a very one-dimensional way. We look at it from, say, a political standpoint. Well, we should be involved. We shouldn't be involved. Well, it's their fault. Well, I bet this is all this. And, or, and we just have all of these just arrogant opinions. Whenever you see things happening in other places, before you see it politically, before you see it ideologically, before you see it culturally, I, settle the, see it from a human standpoint. There are people involved in these situations, people who are suffering. See the humanity before you see everything else. When you see Christians talking about some situation and they seem to be ignoring the humanity and the people. And they don't seem to be worried, concerned, praying. That's where they need a gentle reminder that human beings are involved. And look at this. While maybe many Americans were arguing about 
you, you know, sadly, some looked at it from a more pro-Russian way than a, than a Ukrainian way. But as people started making all of their political arguments or their conspiratorial perspectives on it, there were real people. And guess what they were turning to? They weren't turning to politics. They weren't turning, they, they were turning to the word of God. They were looking to the word of God for some kind of comfort. They were looking to the word of God for some kind of answer. I praise God that God's word is always there because sometimes the church isn't. Yes? The CEO of Uversion and a pastor says he doesn't surprise, uh, find it surprising that Ukrainians would turn to God's word, uh, God's word when facing the harsh realities of war. These families are going through something most of us can't imagine in the middle of what's likely the most difficult time of their lives. They're turning to the Bible for comfort, peace, and hope, he said in a statement. This is not the first year that Isaiah 41.10 was the most referenced verse on version. It was also the most popular verse in 2018 and 2020. Um. The CEO believes the verse's popularity is a testament to how people need a reminder that they are not alone in their struggles. As this verse says, God is, now please note, our strength, and he's always with us. Now let me stop right here. Okay, this story is bringing a couple of concepts together, right? Number one, when when we have all the material prosperity, wealth, and health, and peace, and everything's great, we have a tendency to be distracted from the spiritual. But when all of that is taken from us, sometimes the spiritual becomes more in focus, and we need to be aware of that danger, especially when we're living when when you're in a situation where everything is going well. I think that I think I think we we have to grab onto that and not forget that and not forget that. Secondly, when horrible things are happening. See the humanity, see the people. Don't look at it just from an ideological or political perspective. And number three, though, now this, I know this is going to be somewhat controversial, but I need you to hear me. It is wonderful that when people suffer and people have great difficulty, they open the Bible for comfort. But what is not comforting to me is how in many cases, People, because they have no understanding in how to handle the scriptures, because no one has taught them how to handle it, no one has taught them how to read it, no one has taught, taught them biblical interpretive uh, methods, they, don't, they, they have no idea. They just open the Bible, find a verse, and just grab the verse and say, it's about me. And I, as much as I want people to find comfort, this is a very important principle, a passage of scripture provides no comfort if it's not for you, intended for you, or should be applied to you. Then it's a false comfort. It's a wrong comfort. If you take a passage of scripture where someone is being promised something specifically in a very, in a historical setting, and then you apply it to yourself, you're not going to get that comfort because it's not a promise for you. But even the CEO of this Bible app says, well, hey, it's, it's wonderful. It, it makes sense that, that people would, would turn to Isaiah 41.10. And look what he says. Let me read it again. The verse says God is our strength. He immediately makes it about us and that he's always with us. He makes it about us. 
Now, maybe some of those principles from Isaiah 41.10 can be found in other portions of Scripture that are applicable to us. But here would be the million-dollar question. Isaiah 41.10. Let's look at it again. Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with thee. When he says, I am with you, who is the you? God is speaking here, and he says, fear not. Fear not. Who is he telling who is he telling not to fear? Who is it when he tells them, do not fear? Who's he talking to? When he says, I am with you, who is he referring to? Be not dismayed. Who is he telling not to be dismayed? For I am thy God. I will strengthen, strengthen you. Who is he saying he will strengthen? Um, I will, I, uh, I, I will help you. I will uphold you. Who is God talking to in Isaiah 41 10? I can tell you this. It's obviously and clearly by anyone just reading the the text or reading Isaiah knows that that's not you, that's not me, that's not us. Isaiah 41, look at verse 1. Keep silence, therefore, before me, O islands, and let the people renew their strength, and then come near, then let them speak, let us come near together to judgment. Who raised up the righteous man from the east, called him to his foot, gave the nations before him, and made him ruler over kings? He gave them as the dust to his sword and as driven stubble to his bow. All right. There's a lot right there. We don't, I don't even, what, who, what's even going on? Do you even know what's going on? Do you even have any context? 41.3, he pursued them and passed safely, even by the way that he had not gone with his feet. What is happening there? 41.4, who hath wrought and done it, calling the generations from the beginning, I the Lord the first and with the last I am he. The isles saw it and feared, uh, the ends of the earth were afraid, drew near and came. They helped everyone his neighbor and everyone said to his brother, be of good courage. Well, what is this talking about? What, 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 is, what is going on here? Like, like if, if I, Isaiah 41.10 is going to be the verse of the year, then we have to have some clue what's going on here. So I'm going to challenge you to figure out who, what is happening in Isaiah 41 verses 1 and following. Verse 7, so the carpenter encouraged the goldsmith, and he that uh, uh, smootheth with the hammer, him that smote the anvil, saying, it is ready for the soldering, and he fastened it with nails that it should not be moved. What is happening? What is even going on? I mean, the language is, what is happening? Verse 8, but thou Israel. Oh, now immediately. Now, look, we may not know what's going on in verses 1 through 7. It seems something, something is confusing there. Who is that about? But all of a sudden in verse 8, but thou Israel. Israel. Now we know exactly who he's referring to. Now I know if you read Matthew Henry commentary or many commentaries in the Reformed tradition, Israel no longer becomes Israel. It becomes the church. I reject that completely and outrightly. I, I, I think that that's just bad exegesis, bad hermeneutics. And basically, then Israel doesn't become Israel. Isn't Israel when you say it's not Judah is not Judah. When you say it not, it becomes the church. Church replaces Israel. It's just, it just becomes a mess. But thou, Israel, art my servant. 
Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. Clearly, I believe this is specifically referring to Israel. Thou, when I have taken thee from the ends of the earth and called thee from the chief man thereof and said unto thee, thou art my servant, I have chosen thee and not cast thee away. Fear thou not, for I am with you. This is specifically a promise for Israel. This is specifically a promise for Israel. Specifically a promise for Israel. Now, here's the question. Was that a promise for Israel that God was going to do something specific? And and for now, for them, it would have been future. But for us, if we look back, it's something that has already been fulfilled historically. So when you look at Isaiah 41.10, the question we should have, okay, God is saying, fear not, I'm going to help you, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. What, what, did, what, what he promised, has he already delivered that to Israel? And if so, when was it fulfilled? It was future for them, because he says he's going to do it. But for us, it would be historical. So when did, the, when did God fulfill this promise to Israel? When? That's Isaiah 41.10. When? That's, that's, that's just a good question. When? When did that happen? Or has it not occurred yet? And this refers to some future time, some future situation where some would say all Israel will be saved. All Israel will be gathered together and all the promises will be fulfilled. Is this a future promise even for us? Or was this a future promise for the original recipients and it's been fulfilled now in history, in the pages of history, and we have to look back to find its discovery. But I know the one thing you can't immediately do is just go to Isaiah 41.10. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care if you're suffering. You just can't run to Isaiah 41.10 and go, that's about us. And I don't care if the CEO of the YouVersion Bible app wants to say that. It's not about us. And you say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're saying that there are no promises that he would be with us? There's no promises to not fear? I'm not saying that. I'm saying Isaiah 41.10 has a specific textual setting. In Isaiah 41.8, it clearly identifies who God is speaking to, Israel. So we identify who God is speaking to, Israel. Now we just have to figure out, okay, when he made that promise, was it future for them, but it's already been fulfilled and we can, we have to look back and figure out when it was fulfilled? Or was it a promise made that has not been fulfilled yet and will be fulfilled for Israel, for Israel somewhere in the future? Or you can just try to rip it completely out of its context and say, well, Israel is not Israel, it's the church. And then that promise is for us. And then you can try to do that. But again, I think that that just does major damage to the Old Testament. And trust me, I'm very familiar with that argument, very familiar with the amillennial argument, very familiar with the Matthew Henry commentary. Went to, went, one of the, I went to many Bible colleges and seminaries and Bible institutes, and I attended some that were amillennial and had to write plenty of papers from an amill position. So I know that position, but I, I think that being consistent in your hermeneutic is just, no, Israel's not Israel when we don't want it to be Israel, but Israel is Israel when we want it to be Israel. And Israel gets the curses, but then when, but Israel is really the church and we don't get the curses, we get the blessing. It just becomes to me a hermeneutical train wreck. And I know there'll be those saying, oh, just, just because you're not sophisticated enough and you're not smart enough and you're one of those dumb dispensationalists, I, don't put me in a, a, a camp like that. I hate that. 
My job is just to try to figure out what the text is saying and who's who's it speaking to. Clearly, this is Israel. <laughs> Clearly, this is Israel. So how do we understand it? That's what everyone who opens up the Version Bible app. See, here, okay, this, this is very, I need you to listen to me. This is very important principle here. Whenever you're going through an emotional situation, right? Maybe depression, discouragement, pain, fear, hurt. When when your emotions are going absolutely crazy. Yes, I want everyone who's going through emotional situations to find comfort, to find peace. I do. But I want that comfort and peace to be based off truth, not be based off, oh, I'm just going to I'm just going to flip through my Bible. I'm going to see a verse and go, "Oh, that makes me feel better." Because in some cases, it, it you're deceiving yourself. It's a fake comfort. It's a fake peace because you're claiming a verse, clinging to a verse that's not for you. It's not about you. And it's not promising anything to you. That to me is more tragic. Some people say, but no, no, no. If they feel better, that that's all that matters. No, 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 no. It's never a good thing. Even if they find some temporary peace to be holding on to a complete misunderstanding of scripture. Scripture is there to to put forth the truth of God. It's not put there to be Plato so that we can grab it and use it whenever we're in a different, hey, I'm in a war-torn area. I want those people to find peace and comfort and the truth of God's word, not by taking a verse out of context. Now, there are other verses that may offer uh, reasons that we should not fear. In fact, we're doing a Bible study exercise right now for the next seven weeks on the subject of fear. We're going to find all the Bible verses basically about it. The Bible gives us some reasons. Don't fear this and fear this. We've been talking about it over the last couple of days. Definitely, you can look to those passages of Scripture. There are passages of Scripture that seems to indicate that God will be with us, not with everyone, but with those who believe. All right, so we would have to draw that distinction. But Isaiah 41.10 is about Israel. Now, it may be an encouragement because the encouragement may be this. Even though Israel was going through some very difficult and horrible circumstances, God kept, will keep his promises to them because God keeps his promises promises and keeps his covenant. So there we may learn that God is a promise-keeping God, a covenant-keeping God. And then we can look at the direct promises made to us, specifically that are applicable to us, and then say he will fulfill that because he will fulfill it for Israel. See, now you can find a way to make it applicable, but you got to be very careful. The first thing you should do as a Bible student is not see words to you. The first thing you should do is see words and figure out who were they original to, originally to And what did it mean to them? And if it's a promise, has it already been fulfilled in the pages of history? Or is it yet to be future for us? Isaiah 41.10, the Bible verse of the year. What were some things we learned about this? Well, we learn that when all material comfort disappears, people have a tendency to focus on the spiritual. We can't allow the material blessings and health and prosperity and peace distract us from the spiritual, right? I cannot, I cannot stress that principle enough. It's very, very, very important. Secondly, whenever we see pain and suffering in the world, we need to see people, 
not don't look at it from a political ideology. And number three, we need to ask ourselves, what's the actual context for Isaiah 41.10? Do some work on it. I didn't give you all the answers. I clearly can establish it's about Israel. Verses one through six is like, what in the world is going on? Or Isaiah 41, one through seven, what in the world is going on there? Right? I, I would love to get your thoughts on Isaiah 41, one through seven. Please email them to me, newsif at yahoo.com, because that can turn into a podcast episode just like that. We, we, we can do something with that. But the, this article goes on to say this. version amassed over 500 million installs last November. The app was first offered in the iOS App Store in 2008 after initially launching solely as a website. On its first week of availability, the app was downloaded 83,000 times. It's important that people understand that, that this is something God did, not us, uh, the CEO uh, told the Christian Post. We can't take credit for this. God did this through me, and it's so crazy that God would use me, and there's a lot more that God will do and can do in the future. Um, and then it goes on. Uh, it doesn't say a lot here, but the point is, is the app has been used a lot. Uh, okay. Well, so I, I love this. Um Okay, I'm not. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to read it. But I did find it interesting that the very first comment under this article in the Christian Post is everybody omitted the context of Isaiah 41:10. All right, that's good. So uh, I do love the fact that the first comment is someone's like, "What about the context?" All right. So first of all, it's for Israel, and then the greater context. I want you to work on. I want you to work on. I should have possibly done this for today's focus. I should have, but. But uh, I saw this tonight, and you know, when the opportunity arises, I, I, I try not to. I just turn on the microphone when the uh, opportunity arises, and I thought this would be a good discussion this evening. So I don't know what you're doing this evening, but grab a commentary or two or three, and just start looking at what they say about Isaiah 41, 1 through 7. And if you have the Sermons 2.0 app, I would really challenge everyone to download that app. Do a search for Isaiah 41. In fact, let me do this. I'm going to open up the Sermons 2.0 app right now. I'm going to open it up right now. All right, I'm going to open it up. I'm just going to type in Isaiah. I'm going to type in 41. Isaiah 41. Okay, I don't get... Uh, I don't get a lot of uh, I don't get a lot of sermons on Isaiah forty one. Okay, there we go. If you say see all, you get a bunch. All right, so you should you should uh, do a search for Isaiah forty one. If Isaiah forty one is not helpful, just type in Isaiah. There's an entire hashtag for Isaiah or their series. Hang on. Uh, Yeah, you can, you can do, there's a lot of different things you can do, but look on the Sermons 2.0 app to find the sermons on Isaiah 41. Probably if you type in Isaiah 41, 1 through 7, that would be the, the seven verses to look at. And just what is the context there? Listen to some of those this evening. Listen to some of those this evening. That's if I'm not live on the air. If I'm live on the air, then stop what you're doing and listen to me. I mean, obviously, come on. I mean, this, this is the broadcast you should always be listening to, right? Okay, I'm joking. But now use, that's another wonderful thing we have. We have Sermons 2.0 app. We have the Edify Christian Podcast app. I mean, use those. Sermon.net app, Sermon.net, Edify Christian Podcast app, and Sermons 2.0. 
I mean, those three apps alone, you, you've got enough sermons to last you for the rest of your life. And any passage of scripture, you can immediately do so. I just feel bad that a lot of people, I think, grab this verse, maybe in Ukraine, maybe if they were displaced in another European country, and they're, they're reading the Version Bible app, they're highlighting this, they're saving it, and they're saying, okay, this is for me. This is for me. Specific context is for Israel. And, and context matters. Who a text is to matters. It's amazing how some people are like, how dare you, you, you care about the context? People are suffering. No, no, no. I care about the context because people are suffering. And I want the suffering people to grab onto passage, passages that are, have promises that are directly applicable to them. I've told the story a million times. I've told it so many times. I worked with a woman, they, her and her husband had been trying to get pregnant, trying to get pregnant, trying to get pregnant, could not get pregnant. They were both frustrated, depressed, discouraged. And then she comes to work all happy and joyful because during her morning devotional time, she read a passage in Genesis where God promised Sarah and Abram a baby. She claimed it for her. And you wanted to say, or Sarai and Abram, Sarah and Abraham. And you wanted to look at her and go, your name is not Sarai. Your husband's name is not Abraham. Your name is not Sarah. His name is not Abraham. And uh, that promise has nothing to do with you. But that's, that's the sad part. That's why Christians and believers have to be taught how to handle the word of God. It's very important. All right. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. The Bible verse of 2022, Isaiah 41.10. Giving you many things to think about. Can't wait to get your thoughts. Thanks for listening. God bless.